so here we are on this gloomy, rainy last Sunday in November. God, if we can never go out us, please. And I'll make it up. He was, he was comfortable there. As we get started this morning, I want you to think of darkness at work. There we go. Even those of you on the stage are dark. We'll leave this one on so there's a reflection, at least in my head. Uh, you know, darkness is. How would you, how would you kind of finish that statement, maybe just think in your own head this morning? Darkness is. How? What would you fill in that blank? Scary? Who else? We'll just talk back. How about you talking? Darkness is? What? Dangerous if you're walking? Beautiful if you're watching the stars? Calming? Absence of light? We've got a philosophy. I love it. What else? Darkness is. To the beauty, not the beauty necessarily, but the thing about our bodies is we can adjust to any kind of atmosphere. And if we were to be completely in the dark for a long period of time, our eyes will adjust. Our, our bodies adjust to darkness or the lack of thereof. Darkness is actually something we all need. It's really hard for your body to do its normal rhythm without darkness. We need darkness at times. Darkness helps us. We were created for a balance of darkness and of light. Darkness is many different things, but I also believe darkness is all around us. We can focus on it, and sometimes we focus too much on it, if I must admit, myself included. Darkness is all around us, and sometimes that can kind of start to hem us in, and we feel stifled, because here's the thing about darkness, you kind of walk tentatively, because you're not quite sure what you're going to hit. Even though I, we have not moved the furniture next door and who knows how long, I still walk tentatively in the darkness of night. One, I'm not sure what toy or, or something is going to be there. I guarantee you it'll be the middle of my foot that will find the sharpest toy in the middle of the room. I can guarantee you it will be my big toe that will find the couch that hasn't moved, but it throws us off. Yet, there is something that we celebrate this time of year. We celebrate the fact that even in darkness, there is light. We light candles. 
as we're reminded of Advent, as we are reminded of hope. Here's what the prophet Isaiah said, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has done. See, I see all of us within these verses, the people, us, walking in darkness, walking in the darkness all around us. We have seen a great light, but then there are some of us here this morning, whether in person or online, where you're living in a land of deep darkness. The hope is a light. we will talk about the first. Take a look at this. is a reminder that there is hope. We have hope. A new life has gone. The Magi, the wise men, whatever you want to call them, they saw this light appear. They say in Matthew, it rose. A new light had come. And they searched for the meaning. You may be in the land of deep darkness this day. Maybe in a land of deep darkness, but I, I want to encourage you to see the light of Christmas that is shining. Don't let it repel you, though. Don't let it send you away, because that's not the point of lightness, of lights. It's to attract. Do we celebrate? We have hope because of what Advent means, but it is a reminder that God has. A plan. It was in the darkness that that first Christmas would take place. But that's not the first time the nation of Israel had been in darkness. 
darkness in the nation's history that is, I think, key for us to understand. I believe it's one of the themes, major themes of Scripture. And this is why we kind of go back in order to understand. And we head to the Exodus, found in the book of Exodus, where I believe the Exodus was all about darkness. The nation of Israel was in Egypt. And it wasn't all fun and games there. It started that way. If we were to review Genesis, in the end of Genesis, we read that Joseph brings his, his, his plan, probably a hundred or so, maybe a couple hundred people with households, into this land. They, they survive and they see the goodness. And there's goodness there, but then another ruler comes about. And we get this idea as Exodus opens up. That darkness is settling in the land of Egypt. The nation of Israel is too powerful. Fear will drive us into darkness. Will make us do things that we dare not think is appropriate. But because of fear, we go into a darkness where hopefully no one else will know. And it is in that darkness that one of the first proclamations made against the nation of Israel at that time was from Pharaoh to say, kill all, anybody know the story? Firstborn males, in particular. Kill all males, but particularly firstborn. Cut them off. And when that doesn't work, because there's a fear of who this God is in the nation of Israel by midwives, they do everything in their power. They keep going and going until they are enslaved again and again and again. Darkness. What are you enslaved by? What has chained you up? Not what is chaining other people up, but what is chaining you up? For there you will find darkness. Yes. In the midst of darkness, we, we see this truth of Exodus that we are able to grow in darkness. In fact, I... Uh, you know, uh, Alicia and I have learned, or Alicia really, I don't do much of it, Alicia has learned how to keep poinsettias alive from year to year to year. The trick is you've got to put them in darkness. As well as, I believe, a light. Is it a light light? I'm moving over to you soon because you donated one back. You, you killed one. Amaryllis. Because what we're seeing is, is 
what normally will repel us, we got to see that God is still working and you can still grow in the midst of darkness. There's a whole lot of people coming out. And then one of the things I actually like and drew me to this passage as we started is the length of time that the Israelites' people were living in Egypt was 430 years. Why was the book of Exodus, one of the reasons the book of Exodus ever written was to tell the nation of Israel of their history of what God has done. There was going to be another time of over 400 years of quote-unquote silence of God that would emerge in their history. And I wonder if some good Jews started to read again to wonder what happened to the previous silence of God, the darkness when God was, seemed to not be evident. If they picked up on this exodus motif and they wait, looking forward to the fact that God did something in the darkness before, maybe God will do something in the darkness this time. And what about us as God's people? What about us? We, we lament, and rightfully so, the darkness that seems to be all around. And we wonder. I believe in what I believe about the end times for a reason, but I know the early church always thought it was going to happen next. We're not alone in that waiting. And they're watching. But we can celebrate in the darkness because we know that Jesus is coming back. Amen? Amen? Even in the darkness of our society, of our town, of our, our own lives, we know the hope, the light of Christmas is not just we look back, but we also can look forward. We look forward because we look back and we can see time and time again that God is present in the darkness, that the darkness does not have the last word. Hence, the writer of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Light in the midst of darkness. In the midst of this exodus, we not only see that we can grow, we see that God is still working even in the darkness. Chapter 12, again, these words in verse 42, as he brings the people out, the Lord kept vigil that night to bring them out of Egypt. On this night, all of the Israelites are to keep vigil and honor the Lord for generations to come. Have you ever thought of those words? The Lord kept vigil. God was still working. They had yet to have the pillar uh, of fire at night. They had yet to have the cloud by day according to the record, but yet God is still working. He is taking vigil. He is keeping watch. As I think we will sing, I'm not sure, the kids will play, while shepherds kept their vigil or watch at night, they saw the light. Are you watching in the midst of your darkness for the light? 
Maybe it is the light of the stars, as Kathy mentioned. I, I love doing that. I love getting away where there's no light pollution and just looking up. God was keeping watch. And as he brings them out, we, we read as we continue on into chapter 14. He, he talks about how, in chapter 13, sorry, he did not, God did not lead them, verse 17, 13, 17, did not lead them on the road to the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said if they face war, they may change their minds and want to return to darkness. Lots of those evil. So God led the people around the desert toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went out, out of Egypt. See, God was working, preparing, crafting a plan, knowing his people. And once again, we're not even to the Red Sea where the, the light is going to come. But he's taking them on a path that will take them to the promised land, but he knows they are hard and ours. He's still working, even in the darkness. And see, part of what I see also in these two verses is we have to walk out of our metaphysical, our metaphorical uh, darkness into following a different darkness, maybe. They just know they're going into the desert. They know that maybe they're going to the promised land, but I sit and I wonder how many Israelites, and I don't know, but how many Israelites contemplated that night and everything they had seen and said, I don't think so. I'm not too sure about this. Because they got comfortable. They've been there 430 years or so about. That's generations. We're looking at at least six, maybe seven generations. How hard is it to move when everything has been rooted right there? Some of you, I know, your families go way back you. How hard is it to think about going to a new place when you know the things around here? Everyone hears your name and they already think something mostly good, probably. I mean, Ronnie's Massey. I don't know how many Masseys are around here. A whole lot is the answer. I mean, really. McCullough's. A whole lot of you. And others. Evelyn, you're, you're, you're related to a lot of people, I find out. Each week it's someone new. And in a beautiful way. And others of you, I see. Around you. I mean, Barb, you and Pastor Dan have been here a long time. The Lord has been good, hasn't it? It'd probably be hard just to get up and go. You know? Uh, maybe our kids do, and that's the nature of our world these days. But it's hard to leave. You have to want to be out of the darkness. See, this was the first measure of faith for the nation of Israel after so many years. Is who were they going to trust? 
Or are they going to trust this God that they maybe they heard the stories about meeting Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? But can it be trusted now? Where is it going to take us? Do I really want to go there? And you've got to be wanting to walk out of the darkness, but here's what else I know. Others will join in walking out of the darkness. As we read here in, in Exodus, we read that there were others who went out with them. Others from Egypt said, I, I don't know where you're going, but there's something about what you're doing that I want to follow. Others may join you. The question is, are you allowing the light to reflect off of you into others where they go, I don't know where you're going, but if you're going there, I'm going to go with you. This was also one of the first witnesses the nation of Israel would have after 400 years to say, come and see who my God is. We've seen all these other gods here in Egypt, but you want to know the true God. Come and see. In order to do that, people had to walk. And in this darkness, we see that God is guiding, he's leading, and he's watching. After leaving Sukkoth, they camped in Ethan at the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night, a pillar of fire to give them light. So they could travel by day or by night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. There was only one time those words will not be true. And that's coming up next. In, in these passages, in these passages, as we see, as they get up to where they're going to have to cross the Red Sea. And, and at that point in time, we, we see what happens is, as the Lord splits the Red Sea, the nation is to go through a second measure of trust that they would have to do. When God truly guide them through this sea of water. And they had to go through, and then what God did is he went to the back of them. Why? Because the Egyptians weren't going to go through that pillar of fire and that cloud. They were unable to. God is guiding, he's leading, and he is actively watching. This light was a reminder that God was present even in the midst of their darkness. No wonder the psalmist would say in these words, the Lord will watch over your coming and go. The Lord would guide you by day and by night, both now and forevermore. He picks up the words of Exodus. Exodus 14, 19. The angel of God who had been traveling in front of Israel's army withdrew and went behind. The pillar of God also moved from the front and stood behind them, coming between the enemies of Egypt, the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to one side and light to the other. So neither went near the other all night long. Wow! God is leading and guiding and watching even in your darkness. 
See, it should not have been too much of a surprise that that first Christmas, that light would come about. But as we would read in the New Testament, the question that everyone had to learn was, will you trust the dying of the light? I wonder if maybe in those early days we didn't already see some, I think we did, it just didn't come out yet, see some backseat drivings among us. <clears throat> and some realized, wait a minute, if where he says we're going, this is the long way. Moses, do you know where we're going? You know, let's go the quick, easy way. But God knows that if they face an attack, they're going to hightail it back. And sometimes we got to go where we don't want to go, into the desert, into the edge of the desert. Is maybe Isaiah the prophet realizing what he is saying and looking back at his own nation's history? I don't know. Where he says the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. The people living in deep, dark, deep darkness and new light has gone. What about you? Here's what I'm going to encourage you this morning and each week in our series. Trust Jesus, the light of the world. We have hope because he came and because he's coming again, but we also, like the nation of Israel, we have to sometimes go following the light in places we may not want to go. Does he really know best? We will have to decide that. He may be calling us out of our darkness, but maybe that's what we know, and we know it too long. And we're not quite sure we really want to be, don't have that anymore. We don't like it, but we don't want to be without it. Maybe it's time for some of you to step into the light by trusting Christ for the first time. Letting the light of Christ shine. See, because when, when here's what I know about light. It not only uh, shines forward to reveal our path, light will also reflect what's behind it. As I look back, I see what I couldn't have seen when I was in it. Hence why the Old Testament is important for us. Hence why we need to hear these words and made these words of light from Exodus 15 be true of you. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Hope and darkness means there is salvation. There is one who will come again. He is the Lord Jesus. Do you know him? And will you reflect that to others? Yes. Not everybody will come. Not everybody will trust. But Jesus 
just didn't say that was our job. He just said, go right in the darkness. Or we can proclaim this Christmas season to any and all the words of Isaiah 9 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deepest darkness, the light has died. The light, as we lit this morning, the candle of hope, of that reminding us that Jesus is the light of the world. He's always there. He is. And always will. May you trust him today. We pray with you. Father God, we thank you for this time. Lord, I ask that you would help us to trust you in all ways, that we would trust and obey. Lord, that we would allow you to call us out of darkness. May we realize even in our darkness that you, you are working, you are keeping visual, you are watching us even at night. And so may we continue to trust as we've seen in this story May we realize that even when we can't see you, it doesn't mean you're not active. We just may not have the full story yet. Lord, may we look back and see how you have brought us out of darkness so that we may continue to persevere on in this day. In these days that seem to be dark and seems to be surrounding us closer and closer. We will still trust that you are the light of the world. That you have come in and that darkness has not overcome you, but you have said, take heart, you have overcome the world and all its darkness. And so we have faith this day. We have faith this advent because we know you are working in some way, some shape, in some form for our benefit to your glory, always and always. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. May you stand as we...